0: Thunder, 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 Thundercats! Oh Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, Command It. Hi, this is Larry Kenney, voice of Lionel and
1: Thundercats, and the uh, Bluegrass and Silverhawks, and the voice of Sonny the Cocoa Puffs Bird and Count Chocula, and so much more. Forget that though. What I'm here to tell you is listen. Keep listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Do it!
2: Everyone, and Welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collie I'm Jack Jordan. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And we've got a good episode lined up for you today. First, in our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about some of our least favorite cartoons. I know that sounds a little odd, but you know how many times we've talked about our favorites? How many times can we say the same ones over again? Mm-hmm. Don't think we've ever delved in the least favorites, have yeah, we? let we don't- shake shit up a little. Let's shake shit up Let's try to do it way. Let's take the negative way.
3: I like the way you're thinking, Jack. I like the
2: way you're thinking. And then uh, after our retro roundtable, we're going to be welcoming uh, filmmaker Rob McCallum to the show to talk about uh, his new documentary on the evolution of cartoon culture and, boy, so much more. I'm not even going to try to get into it now uh, because I want him to tell you all about it. It's so freaking cool. In uh, the documentary is called Faking Filmation. It's on Kickstarter right now, running until May 6th. So, uh... Hopefully, after you hear this, you're going to want to run over there. If you like cartoons in any capacity, especially in the 80s, you're yeah, going to want yeah. a part of this. You're going to want a piece of this. It's, it's speaking to us right here, for sure. So uh, that'll be fun to do. But before we do all of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air and uh, over at Patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod. Or on our website, just hit that Patreon button for a few bucks a month. You can get access to the Canned Air Patreon pod. You can get access to shows that are just, um, what, like, uh, what's up there? I just put up the very first episode we ever recorded, Canned Classic number one. Ooh. We have both of our uh, radio theater projects, The Human Fly and Star Wars are up there. Uh, What else is up there? What else? We have two episodes of The Comic Vault up there for listening pleasure. And the regular pod. And the regular pod, which has uh, now, I believe, 40, if not over 40 episodes. The last one, boy, was just, we just finished recording a little while ago, and we went around telling just some crazy, crazy stories, things that have happened yeah. to us in our lives, and uh, that was fun. So yeah. I think you guys would enjoy that too. But again, lots of goodies over there for a little bit every month. $5 a month gets you access to the Candare Patreon pod. Ten dollars a month gets you access to all the audio content we have, and I believe ten dollars is where merch comes in too. Ooh, yeah, stickers. So hang out
0: for a little swag. while, you get some swag. Toe
2: bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's. Uh, I think I need to touch it up a little bit now, but uh, still, it's it's come a long way that Patreon page. Yeah, plenty of content for your money. Absolutely, you're not getting just a few <laughs> shitty pods It's a bunch of shitty pods No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> a whole load of crap on there for you. There's some good ones on there, some really good ones And actually, I think when we hit our episode uh, 400 Some of the clips I pull are going to have to be from Patreon oh, Because boy. some of them are just too fucking good to pass up on But Alright, with that behind us, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro round Retro Roundtable My least favorite cartoons jack what do you got so i always loved the
0: muppet show matter of fact watching disney plus i was watching the old muppet show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. watch the star wars one with mark hamill and r2 and mm-hmm. that. man that was episode was we, good.
3: we about to throw down here jackie continue but the Muppet Babies, <laughs> Oh, uh, I hated that cartoon when I was little. Go eat a bag of dicks.
2: <laughs> well, you know, there's like a halfway middle ground with that. Because when I first started, I, when I remember the B- Muppet Babies coming around, I was irritated by them. Mm-hmm. For sure. But the show was infectious. It's one of those shows where if you gave it a chance, and I'm surprised you being a Muppet. The thing is, they were just so annoying. Their mm-hmm. oversized yeah. diapers, their high whiny voices. I think that was probably it. It was, and
0: it wasn't. Kermit was. It had a Kermit-esque sound to it, but it wasn't Kermit, I guess. And Skeeter, no, yeah, Skeeter. Who the hell was that it wasn't even <laughs> in the show originally that was the
2: sister of scooter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she disappeared so whatever happened when they to went her?
0: to the when they went to the big show. I she think. was
2: like the daughter Judy on Family Matters that walked upstairs and never came yeah, back. Uh, yeah. Didn't <laughs> they do that shit on Happy Days, too? Yeah, yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess my perspective on it's a little different, because I was at the right age. Like I grew up kind of with Muppet Babies. like That's one the one I was exposed to a little bit more, mm-hmm. and then I watched the original Muppets kind of after. Nah. So I kind of have that emotional oh. attachment to Muppet Babies.
2: It's, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's not something I could revisit again, like the Ninja Turtles or... Yeah. Man or G.I. Joe or anything like that But um I just remember having fun It was so cool just how That room they were in That nursery room they were in Just turned into anything Like there was a whole Star Wars episode Uh Themed around that There was a whole Wizard of Oz ep- Like it was always themed around Like popular movies and stories mm. And shit that you knew mm-hmm. So that aspect, it was kind of like um, Rugrats before Rugrats because they uh, yeah, essentially did exactly, the same kind yeah. of thing, just not based around a, uh, a previous IP. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I didn't like Rugrats either. I enjoyed Rugrats; it Rug was Rats a funny was show. Fun.
0: It was the draw- the art style was what.
2: I can understand that. It was like almost it was almost uh, squiggle vision, but it wasn't really close, moving. Yeah. It was just very. <laughs>
3: Yeah, a
0: little, a
2: little erratic.
3: Man, yeah, Grandpa Jack's taking a shit on my childhood right It now. was a
2: polished rough though. It's funny because it's no matter how fucked up Tommy Pickle's head looked, like it always had the same <laughs> dense, same same dense and ripples and, everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it wasn't just the result of a shitty drawing. It was you know he was supposed to have that look. I don't know. It, there was almost a graining uh, look in that universe because a lot of those characters all had great big overbites, like The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, yeah. I think but Angelica um, was one of the worst parts of it, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I really hated that little girl.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So much anger. <laughs> I know. We all knew someone like her, though, and I think that's why we <laughs> ended up hating her. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Um, you
3: want to go next, Randy? Sure. Why not? So, recently, I've been like getting complete uh, cartoon sets for my kids and I to watch and kind of share those memories because a lot of them still aren't on streaming network chat. And uh, I picked up um, a show that I really liked when I was little and kind of had rose-tinted glasses with. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get Speed Racer and watch this with my kids. And I plugged that shit in, and I'm like... (laughs) About five minutes I'm like you guys digging this oh you are okay well I'm gonna go do dishes now yep but um, (laughs) you know you remember all the cool stuff You remember the cool cars you remember the action you forget about the shitty voice acting and the shitty act uh, voiceovers
2: what you remember more than anything is the feeling inside it gave you and that's what you're trying to recapture and you just realize it was a moment in time when you do get the speed racer home and turn it on you're like oh It was something about being a naive child (laughs) you know there wasn't a million better things you know that come before them sure sure or after you're you're like
3: hey they just played that scene three seconds ago (laughs) now they're
2: doing it in reverse (laughs) you pick up
3: all the same Uh, cells
2: it's like in the Flintstones when they'd run the exact same house kept going (laughs) in the background
3: (laughs) it wasn't even that it's like the same scene like you see like speed getting ready to wreck out and it's like oh and then it's something else and he's like oh and it's almost <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah i could never get into speed racer i never even tried it i couldn't even put it on the dislike because I, w- I don't know enough about it although i've got things on my list that probably qualify in that same category <laughs> but um my first pick is going to have to be and this is something this is a franchise that i dabble in i like the games but as far as Anything else goes horrible as Pokemon. That cartoon was Mm. fucking trash. Most of you are shitting on my childhood. trash. Dude, I I loved the game, the Game Boy games, Mm -hmm. like the yellow and whatever. I think I played yellow. And then I played, uh, what, like gold and then ruby. I played the first like three gens, I think. Okay, okay it was kind of into it. It, it but then when i saw there was a cartoon coming out which i think is like kind of like a power rangers thing where it had already been mm-hmm. uh, a thing in japan yep. and was redubbed for the states but um every episode is the exact same thing like you can always tell when team rocket's going to show up they yeah. always yeah. take off the same way blasting off again and it's just um it's just very formulaic. It's, right. it's yeah. just, it, it's taking. I mean, I, I think it um, doesn't think much of its viewer, honestly. I mean, it's just recycling the exact same formula over and over. I don't see any depth there. Now, there were later series, like there was some YouTube series I saw that was like a bunch of shorts that looked like it was pretty cool because it was actually showing the battles. Like, yeah. see, and that was the problem with that fucking show. It was like, anytime it's like, all right, there's about to be this big epic battle. See who's the who's the winner here right when shit gets in the heat, here comes Team Rocket Mm -hmm. with their fucking back and forth poem. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Changing the channel. Like, I'm not even humoring this shit. Like, you just can't watch a fucking fight. Like, what you want to see, like, being into those games and stuff. Mm. No.
0: Speaking of the fights, are they anything like Dragon Ball? Because I've never really sat and watched Pokemon the
3: series. It's a lot more slapsticky. Um it's, you know, Dragon Ball has some very serious intense moments and well, That's for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, the movie aside, um the first movie anyway, the but show Pokemon was... Pokemon movie? Yeah, the show that was, was good. I liked it. Yeah, I mean it was very it was very much intense kind of that. Um, epic. Was that the Mewtwo one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think
2: I saw that, and I don't think I minded that. Is that where the unknown ones come from, too? Like, the, like there was a whole bunch of, like, Pokemon in the shape of, like, letters or some so shit? So that was or?
3: from Gold and Silver, so that was, like, oh, the next okay. gen, um, which I don't think was in the first movie, but in the second. But yeah, to answer your question, like, it was very much light-hearted and very... It was geared towards a very young uh, audience. So it was mainly really um, just like... throw a
0: ball, maybe two moves, and that was over. The Pretty fight, much, it, it was, all, it was all about like, the relationship
3: episodes. with Ash and his Pokemon, not so much the battling. It was nah. like, oh Pikachu, you're so cute, or oh Caterpie, mm. you're, you can do this today, you know, just stuff like that. Like you've that. got
2: this, Caterpie, go get them. So Caterpie, Caterpie. Jeremy,
3: Jeremy, yeah. who's <laughs> Jeremy's what three, four years older than me? How old are you again? I'm um, 32.
2: I will be 40 this year. Okay,
3: so you're eight years older than me. <laughs> so when that, in, in the the height of the moment, when I was sitting there with my cards and my, you know, stuffed plushies, and I was like fucking eight,
2: mm-hmm. where you
3: was a teenager like yeah it would have been a completely different experience
2: see i didn't even get to them when they came out like it was after i was out of high school like my sister's boyfriend had left the yellow cartridge over that was the okay. only way okay. that ever happened because i would have <laughs> yeah. never bought that you know but i was working retail at the time at sam goody and i one thing i could remember is those fucking cards man you couldn't keep them on the shelf <laughs> the second a box hit it was gone and yeah. like it even got to a point where you had to like only so many packs per customer, but I get the card game. But I don't know, like, again, it's just that thrill of the battle. Like, I don't know, it's very much like a Final Fantasy RPG battle yeah. when you're doing this. Like, yeah, it's yeah. exactly what it's like fight, retreat, you have moves to choose from and stuff, you know? You just have to choose carefully, choose who you're gonna use. And I don't know, like, Pokemon Go has come a long way because now you can just, at any time you want, get on a server and battle anyone in the mm-hmm. world, you know? And um, it really makes you fucking think. Like, you think, oh, I've got a strong group here, but you get in there and someone fucks you right up. <laughs> right. Okay, I need to rethink my strategy, you know? Like, okay, I don't know. I'm not going to get into details. But there's there's a lot of uh, awesome mechanics. potential there, yeah. I guess, for an entertaining show. And boy, did they just... It's just like pig intestines. It's like not, <laughs> not even worth like having. It's like, why? Like, just drivel just right
3: they did do some grittier stuff later on but yeah the, ori- the original like cartoon that came out like i could see that i can mm-hmm. see you not wanting to be anywhere yeah. near that at all
2: we had also i don't know if you remember years back we had uh ash ketchum voice of ash ketchum signed up to be on the show oh that's right yeah and then like the last minute she dipped for no fucking yeah. reason like didn't give us a anything i can't remember why but i was kind of rubbed wrong by that mm. too um, but I disliked the show before then I just <laughs> why have her on then? Um, <laughs> because other people like yeah. you know, the show you know but anyway that's that's my pick so uh, going back to Jack here the main show I always hated
0: it but the two characters I loved it which was Scooby-Doo never liked Scooby-Doo when I was a kid growing up okay. I don't know if it was just because the content was kind of boring and I'm not really a, one to solve mysteries <laughs> I like to watch him pan out, I guess, but I'm not one to sit there and think, oh, he did. Like,
2: oh, well, see, I am. Uh, yeah, and I, I dug Scooby-Doo for that reason, try to figure out who it was before the end. And, you know, sometimes you could, sometimes you couldn't. That's
3: right, let Jack shit on your childhood version.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Scoob and Shag always liked. Fred
0: was just a dumbass, and then the two ladies, eh, it didn't really hey, matter. It
3: was hot. I don't know what you're talking
0: yeah. about. Yeah. I don't know. When she turned her head one way, she always went cross-eyed because <laughs> of the way her eyes were drawn, which always Jankies. threw me off. Yeah. But uh, the, the episodes I always did like was the one when the uh, celebrities would show up. like Batman and the Robin. The three and stooges. And, yeah. Yeah, Harlem Glo- Globetrotters. Sandy Rogers. Duncan. <laughs> Not really that one. <laughs>
2: uh, WWE...
0: WWE, no. those, yeah, and those were series, later. Yeah. Those
2: came later, but yeah, they they still to this day put out straight to DVD like celebrity yeah, Scooby Doo yeah. mashup stuff. <laughs> the,
0: the, the supernatural one was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty oh, good. Oh God, Dean eating that huge. <laughs> yeah. She's like, look, Sam, I can put this whole thing in my mouth. That was, uh, I had a good time watching that one.
2: But yeah, Scooby Doo, Scrappy Doo. I, I, everyone hates. Scooby-Doo, I hate so Scrappy. Was... He's like the fucking cousin Oliver of uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yep. Cousin it, Oliver being the annoying little bastard on Brady Bunch, for those of you who don't know. And he also grew up to be the voice of Michelangelo in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film. The more you know. Was that him? Yeah. Shoot, I didn't know that. Yep. You know who they Robbie never, Reyes. They never had or, enough on Scooby-Doo. Yeah.
0: His cousin Scooby-Dum.
2: <laughs> Are you serious? Mm-hmm. There was actually a Scooby-Doo. You know oh, yeah, Scooby he was Dunn, white he was, with
0: a hat. Was and, he white or light gray or something like that? But he had maybe like an gray. old, no, old hat No, I didn't know shit about that. He yeah, oh, buck
3: yeah. teeth. Yep. Hell, yeah.
0: No, he now, that sounds funny. familiar. I think they showed, like, in the beginning credits, him and Scoob, like, slapping paws back and forth. Was it, quick,
2: like, but, Fred Welker voicing him, too? Like, the same kind of voice? Just... Ooh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If he was
0: in that more, I might have enjoyed it more, but, yeah.
2: The
3: yeah. Yep, Scooby-Doo I was always a 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo fan, like, Got to get, uh, get the creep factor in there. With, um, <laughs> wow, total brain fart. Never mind. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Randy, what do you got? So I never experienced any of these, but I know enough about them from the reputation that I would have hated it if I did growing up. Uh, all the cartoons that were just freaking gory, but they were like marketed as kid- for kids, so like Watership Down with the rabbits, or oh. uh, Reservoir Dogs, which was like two dogs that were getting... Um, like worked on or something. Uh, like, never heard of that one.
2: Yeah, I've, uh,
3: <laughs> it's freaking brutal. Like, there's one scene where a dog like hops up, trying to get to its master, and it like, he's hunting and he hits the trigger on the gun and blows the guy's head off. And I mean, these are marketed what? as ki- it's crazy <laughs> as kids' movies. Watership Down. I that's a scarred one, definitely. But yeah. and, and we never got it here in the states, but in um over in the UK they they got uh the animals of tarting woods which is basically like a whole series but it was literally just about the the city growing up and just destroying this little like grove right and there's was one scene i watched on youtube where these two hedgehogs are trying to run across the street i think they were hedgehogs but anyway like mm-hmm. the wife hedgehog is like come on we got to get across we got to get across and the the Husband hedgehogs like, oh, I'm I'm too scared, and he freezes, and then gets fucking run over by a truck. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been freaking traumatized as hell. But th- these were like freaking rated G or Y seven or whatever. So like, that's
0: what's wrong with kids today. They're not watching violent
2: cartoons. <laughs> They're not scarred for life you at remember, a young age. Uh, Happy Tree Friends came out in like the early 2000s i
0: couldn't stand it it was too much it was funny but it it was a little bit too much sometimes
2: i i enjoyed them they were funny just the way they would scream the over exaggerated (laughs) face like it was fun it was fun but um all right uh this cartoon i can't say i ever watched i'd say i'd probably be more apt nowadays to give it a chance than then but um for some reason just the sight of him the idea of him and his theme song when they would come on drove me nuts was fucking bucky o'hare captain <laughs> oh bucky, yes captain never, bucky
0: o'hare never i don't know, I think it was i think this show is when the first time i ever heard you talk about that i don't think i've ever
3: i i heard watched quite a few episodes that i had all the toys i had the yeah. forearm and they Duck. were cool
2: to- they were cool toys mm-hmm. and it was you know looking back looked like a pretty cool property didn't it come from a comic I believe so
3: actually uh, Larry Hama I believe wrote either the comic or the cartoon
2: huh but um, I just wish I guess at that time I would have given it better I don't know you have to understand one being a huge Ninja Turtle fan in the 90s and watching every other cartoon come out have some fucking mutant humanoid animal (laughs) of some kind and Mm -hmm. here came this green rabbit from outer space that I just was like fuck you I've got my turtles you know right don't need it but um i guess that would have to be one of my big ones speaking of turtles i'll squeeze another one in really quick right here um was after nickelodeon got the turtle property they put out that amazing cg cartoon Mm -hmm. that was such a great tribute to the franchise and the fans um and then they followed it with the rise of the tmnt new one yeah and it was horrible horrible and i see what they were trying to do they were trying to do teen titans with the ninja turtles is what they were trying to do but it just wasn't uh teen titans is fucking clever i haven't seen it much but every time i have seen it it like catches my attention like there's always something that's fucking witty you know kids not all kids are gonna get that you know there was like it was multi-layered and this just didn't seem to be the case was
3: that the one where the, the turtles were more, like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like, action figure-esque? Like, they were a little grittier, a little more... Raph was
2: huge. It was just two-dimensional,
3: like, make... square
0: head. Okay,
3: because I have a gripe with that, too. That's the yeah. one where April's African-American, is that correct? Yes. Yes, that, and... That's not my gripe, sorry. but, <laughs> but Racist bastard. But um, <laughs> I saw a clip of that where they're fighting Shredder, and I don't know where it was, but they get, like, freaking anime powered up and are going at like supersonic speeds. Are you to take- sure
2: it was Shredder? Because that was another one of my gripes is like all the the main bad guys seem to be like that Drax character like that insect like Lord
3: or whatever. It could have been. I, it looked Shredder-esque to me So I just assumed because they had taken so many liberties with the main characters. But I saw that, and I'm like, they're ripping off freaking Dragon Ball Z. Like, it just it rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, yeah. These are the turtles. Don't do that Well, I mean,
2: in that show, I get it. Because, again, like Teen Titans, there's a lot of mocking, other properties and stuff like that. But, again, it just wasn't clever, you know? It wasn't well written, at least in my opinion. And to have it coming off the heels of, like, the definitive new turtle cartoon. Yeah, something so good and well done. You would expect them to keep pumping out the same kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So, who Knows, you know, they're probably gonna let the property lay dormant now for a little while before they bring it up and try something again. But, um, I hope it's good, whatever they try, you know, it's probably like with
0: the Thundercats, Thundercats hoe, or whatever that Go, cartoon or, or yeah, yeah, it was whatever. something like that. But it was the same aspect, yeah. that lasted one yeah. season, and
2: yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know, it's a different world out there, you know, with, with shows premiering on streaming service, you know, back when we were kids you had three or four channels so you had to watch something and whether or not you wanted to watch it like a lot of these cartoons we're talking about here you watched it because it was all that was on the only cartoon you could find on and now when it's on a streaming service it's not forced in front of you Mm -hmm. you have to make that leap and i think what a lot of people are finding is a lot of people aren't willing to make that initial (laughs) uh, initial leap i think they um I think their marketing, you know, in the entertainment world has to change drastically, not only marketing, but as far as uh, what they deem is going to be successful for uh, stream platforms. But, you know, it's just touch and go. They're going to have to just do touch and go. You also get
0: the social media bashers, too, That, and you read anything about anything that's going to be all mm-hmm. kind of negativity, negativity there, which is going to... St- put you away
3: well it's a fine line too because you get like the people like us that grew up with a property and they don't want to see a lot of liberties taken with the the renewal right but they mm-hmm. have to make it like somewhat hip which is a gripe i have with something which if we got a few minutes i'd like to bring up to you guys i saw the trailer for the new space jam movie. oh god and it <laughs> rubbed me the freaking wrong way yeah it looks pretty dumb Be- it, it to me it's like it's so far removed from the original that we all grew up on and then they're ripping off Ready Player One, and I'm just like,
2: eh, I, yeah,
3: I can't get behind
2: it. I want to, but I can't. I, I mean, I wasn't even the biggest fan of Ready Player One, but I know what you mean. Um, I will say when I saw the trailer and I saw him falling through the Warner Brothers like drum, and you hear that yeah. dun, 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 like that kind of like got me excited for some a hot of it. Did for me too, yeah. But um, and to see that it was a lot more animated versus
0: them live action with animation running around in Roger Rabbit style
2: see I don't know I kind of like the old style like the fact that they're all 3D animated now I don't know Some of the jokes that were coming through looked pretty fucking stupid. Like, there was a whole thing at the very end where, like, Granny, like, tweeting Granny, you know, Granny. Oh, yeah, 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 and she starts breakdancing or whatever, the walker. How many times can that joke (laughs) be done? But, you know, again, I know I'm not the main demographic. This is... (laughs) I mean, it's literally... But at the same time, kids these days aren't going to know all these loony-fucking-toon characters, Mm -hmm. are they?
3: (laughs) I mean, that scene you're talking about, to me, is literally, like, the new... Kids' version of Airplane. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I just am not excited at all about it. But see, I'm a huge Tom and Jerry fan too. And that movie looked like it was going to be dog shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't I can't know if imagine I
0: hurt myself to watch it. No,
2: I'm those old cartoons are perfect. Yeah. The 60s and 70s, I think, are the best era for me, uh, Tom and Jerry for me. I love them
0: more than likely. The movie is just rehashing everything that I've seen right. when I was a kid. Anyway, so
2: it's just
3: very disappointing when you know you don't have people that take time and really do like the right thing with the property. But on that note, we've got Rob coming up. Yeah. After this break, that. Yeah cares for everything he does. So,
2: yeah, and uh, has a great appreciation for the cartoon culture and then uh I, which I'm excited about, which we've just been talking about here unintentionally. I guess <laughs> talking to our least favorite shows kind of brought it out in us. So kind of came full circle, didn't it? <laughs> it, did. it did. I like it. All right, let's jump to a quick break and we'll be right back with Rob McCallum. Don't you go know that- And now joining us uh, to talk about faking filmation, which is a this new documentary on the evolution of cartoon culture, which is running on Kickstarter until May sixth. Which this thing looks freaking cool because not only are you covering, uh, the, you know, the evolution of cartoons, but there's it's intertwined with the story uh, of James Edick and his kind of unofficial. A He-Man uh, episode called The Return of Faker. So I'm not going to uh, tell everything here. I'm going to let our guest Rob McCallum do
1: that. Rob, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for welcoming me back. I tried to make a worse impression last time so you guys didn't have to uh, be humble and bring me back, but you have. Thank you so much. <laughs> it really takes a lot it.
0: more, I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to have you back, man. And uh, it's even more awesome uh, to learn about this project you're doing. Uh, there's so many layers to it. So uh, can you just uh, describe to the listeners exactly what uh, Faking Filmation is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a project that's been in the works for two years. It probably would have been further down the road if it wasn't for COVID. But, you know, silver linings and all that because it gave us more time to plan. Uh, long story short, I've made a career at a pop culture documentaries. So I've looked at the world of action figures, video games, heavy metal and one of the big, you know, missing components or quadrants of pop culture is of course cartoons and animation. So I've been kind of on the hunt for the perfect story to give me the excuse to look at cartoons. And when I say on the hunt for the perfect story, I don't like to do just historical retrospective documentaries. I kind of feel that, you know, if you want to learn about something, you could probably just pick up a book and read it or, you know, maybe just go on Wikipedia and get the Coles notes version. Uh, of you know the history of anything that you might like i like to look at contemporary stories that are happening that give us a reason to look back at the things. so in the case of faking filmation, it's a 90 minute uh documentary about james Etock and his quest to create and release an unofficial he-man and the masters of the universe cartoon so it's the perfect chance for me to go back and look at He-Man and the Masters Universe, the cartoon show, the studio that created it, Filmation, and then Filmation's role in in cartoon history. And they were one of the pioneering studios for Saturday morning cartoons. And thanks to He-Man and She-Ra, they also dominated, uh, you know, weekday afternoon slots as well. So uh, a pretty, you know, big stroke of luck that James had a story that was happening right now that tied back into cartoons of the era that I grew up in. And that also resonated to the beginning of cartoon culture in the first place. So, like you said, lots of layers, uh, and throw in their fan films in the dangerous intersection between people and their passion and what they're willing to do with IP that they don't own. A little bit of everything for everyone in this one.
2: Right. It sounds amazing, and I, I man, I can't imagine uh, pouring so much work. I mean, just I saw some of the clips i guess on the kickstarter video uh and just describing and showing like quick glimpses of the process of uh what james went through to piece together such an episode sounds amazing i would i would presume and maybe this would be spoilers but i presume you've seen this uh
1: episode rob i watch it every night just to tease everybody that's listening right now <laughs> <laughs> based on what i saw it's it a, it, it's cool. incredible I'll just say it's incredible and it's worth the price of admission alone. It is in look, sound, tone, and feel everything you expect from a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon. There's certainly some fan service that you would get that you get in it, much like you would get, you know, with any kind of reboot film that we get nowadays, there's always a tip of the hat towards fans that maybe know the first incarnation of the property or those cameo people that, you know, were comic book writers. The stuff that true diehards get, there's certainly stuff in this. And the fact that it's a 31-minute runtime is longer than the 22-minute uh, standard show. But this is like, you know, polished, clean, HD. You've never seen a He-Man cartoon look as pretty as this. And like you said, the process that James had to create this, and we'll go in depth, of, of course, in the documentary, but he basically had access to the music and effects tracks and the dialogue tracks. And those are usually things that are combined Uh, for every episode, but because he had them separate and because he has an encyclopedic knowledge of the cartoon, he has like all 130 episodes memorized. So when he's writing a script, he's like, I need a line like this. He can go, boom, okay, it's in this episode at this point. And he can pull that, just the dialogue from the character and basically piece together an audio play of it. And then they can go in and storyboard it and find the poses that they need and trace over them. And sometimes that means they got to get eyes that look differently from one episode, but the head position is from a different episode, and the way the character turns off screen is from another, and the backgrounds are from even a fourth or a fifth one. And that's just for one character, let alone if there's two people in the same shot. Same. Yeah, that's dedication. It, yeah. It's, a, it's So to be able to kind of lay all this out, I'm not really doing it service, but already it's really interesting to hear. Imagine when we can actually showcase what this is like. And so when I started talking to James about this, I'm like, man... I know you're dealing with some legal issues and you can't just kind of put it out online. I know you don't want to make money of it. You just want to share your passion, your love letter to, you know, the people that really inspired you to get your career going because, of course, he wrote the official Dark Horse Guide to the episodes for He-Man and She-Ra that was put out. He's a published author. This isn't just some random fan who sunk three and a half years with a few of his buddies into it. This is a prominent guy in the industry who's already crossed the threshold from fan to industry insider. Uh, I said, look, there's there's a story to tell here, even if it's just on the process alone of what you've done for three and a half years. There's something there, but then when I started thinking about it, it's like, you know, why would why would a man do all this work to? emulate the style of, of an animation studio what is it about that animation studio well filmation's really special for a bunch of reasons and then what is filmation's legacy within all of cartoons well they're a pioneer they had shows on every major network at the same time on saturday morning abc nbc cbs it's just it's fan, it's a fantastic history to look at even if it was just filmation we're going to go a little bit beyond of course for context but Ah, I can't wait to dive in and our Kickstarter is doing really well for for day one. That's that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So congratulations, doing
2: very well. And again, uh, listeners have until May 6th uh, to donate and uh,
1: get some of those rewards. What kind of rewards uh, can backers expect, Rob? Well, there's the usual typical fare with with movies and indie documentaries. It's not as wacky and wild as as some other projects, but there's the digital bundle offering. So if you just don't want to have any physical media around or you're worried about something taking up space, we got a digital option. You'll get the documentary and our bonus features super easy. And that, of course, also gets partnered with any of the physical media that you get to. So if you back at the DVD level, then you get the digital stuff as well. Uh, or the Blu-ray, for instance. So one of the fun rewards we have is a VHS copy of our documentary, hey. so you can enjoy it on VHS. If you do want the relic or the touchstone to put on the shelf, you can have that there, and we'll jam some bonus features on at the end, I'm sure. For that, but again, if you don't want to open it, you have the digital stuff to access as well. And we've got add-ons too, so if you want to get the VHS but you also want a DVD, you can throw that in there. we got posters. James is going to do sketches as well for people if they want a favorite character from any cartoon that's ever existed. He's throwing down the gauntlet saying he'll draw anybody as a, as wow. a quick kind of sketch for you. Eight by six, I think, and mail it from, from England where he resides uh, we also have, you know, associate producer credits. There's chance to be in the film. Since we're talking cartoons, chances are you've seen some cartoons growing up. So we'll talk cartoon memories. while we'll, will kind of throw 10 or 15 questions at you. Do a Skype interview if you can't kind of meet up with us. Or if you can meet up with us, then great. We'll see you at a con once it's safe to kind of travel abroad again and, and make that happen. But lots of fun stuff and lots of ways to be involved and, and to see this film. Which has now been shelved for over two years after three and a half years of work, there's a chance to get this out there now. James's path to get this released is—I don't know what he's going to plan on doing. It's his goal to get it, you know, endorsed by the rights holder so that it could be officially released without any legal threats or getting <laughs> skewered. Right. Uh, I mean, that's up for him. I'm a firm believer, especially given the other films I've done, where. The path to success isn't always clear. It's always kind of hidden that there is a way through. And it always comes down to determination and how far you're willing to go and what you want to do to believe in that dream. And, uh, you know, James has overcome a lot of adversity in his life and he keeps pushing and pushing. So this is a great chance to see how far he's willing to push to get that one thing that seems to be eluding him.
2: Jack, have you seen uh, the uh, the Return of the Faker? Did you see the Kickstarter video at all? Uh, just a little. I saw the pictures of it. I didn't get to so, chance to look at the the video itself. The context of the Return of Faker, this initial, you know, uh, unofficial rather uh, He-Man cartoon that, that James made faker being i'm not a he-man aficionado so please bear with me but from what i took from the video was i'll
1: correct you don't worry
2: (laughs) but from what i took from the video was that um in the cartoon faker was always just looked just exactly like he-man just with glowing eyes where in the the action figure had like blue skin and shit yeah so this is the blue skin he-man being brought into the universe it looks so cool i have to say just from the doing those
0: G.I. Joe PSAs, there's the, those are thirty seconds that we do. Yeah, that we yeah. do voiceover for, and there's times where I've had to, I wanted to put something else into them that I've had to go into other G.I. Joe clips, try to find to something. Pull from. That is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I cannot imagine doing that for thirty minutes. I mean, I not only sound,
2: but every sound, everything. And,
0: yeah, but yeah. I don't. I mean, I, at the same time, I don't know the cartoons. I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of it, so I'm sure right. you would just have to like, easier.
2: Still, like still Netflix it. and chill for a long time yeah. to like get all oh, that I can use knowledge. That one. Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: yeah, and it's and guys, it's not just like the the 31 minutes of story. He has bumpers in there too. Like, we'll be right back after these messages. And he's got the moral at the end. That's awesome. Oh, for real. That one of the be... bumper in one of the bumpers he has in there was a bumper that was never used in broadcast, but because he has line art and so many animation cells. They were actually able to do the entire sequence and digitize it so it can be shown for the first time. Holy wow. shit, that's awesome. That would be cool. It's hardcore. I mean, anybody that knows the show casually would understand here's a bumper with Orko saying, we'll be right back after these messages. Right. And then that I hear, I so cool. told you to be back. It, it, it just feels familiar. It has that cartoon see you soon vibe. But this is like a, a kind of cool piece of history that's never been shared before. It's ne- It was never done past line art, so it'd never been colored. It was The colors were emulated based on other similar, you know, uh, images and creatures and whatnot in the case of the bumper. So Mm. it's it's not just parody. It's not just fan desire. This is actually showcasing history as well. Hopefully, if you can get it greenlit by the powers that be. I sure
2: hope so, because I would love to see not only something like this, you know, get through. It's it's amazing to me that there's so much rebuttal against it, you know, because,
1: um, I mean, Filmation isn't around really anymore, are they? No, but, you know, NBC Universal owns the rights to it, okay? Mm, and ultimately, if you don't own the rights, you can't mess with somebody else's IP. It doesn't matter who you are. If you put something out there saying it's Star Wars, and it's not, and people think it is Star Wars, and it doesn't represent the values of the company, well, Disney might get a little upset. Uh, yeah, Some yeah. companies are a little bit cooler. I mean, you guys remember what happened with probably Star Trek Axanar a few years back? which is the fan film that raised millions of dollars and it had, uh, you know, people that actually worked on the show and had Hollywood production values. And Paramount said, no way. This is not a fan film. This is like a professional production. It's just not been endorsed by us. And this is going to essentially confuse people thinking it is our thing. And we can't have brand confusion because then it dilutes the stuff that we are doing. Hmm. And, you know, right now, there's two new He-Man shows coming out. There's one by Kevin Smith that's supposed to be like... uh, A reboot attempt. Well, not really a reboot, but kind of a continuation of the filmation series, although it's done in anime by Powerhouse, who is the company that did Castlevania, amongst other shows. And then there's a new CG show that's aimed like squarely at kids, which will be completely different. But you know, does NBC Universal want this other thing that's coming out there? I don't know. Is this just an issue of timing? You know, for the last 20 years, things have been dormant except for the last year or so. Brand so up. if this was done a year, you know, ten years ago, would it matter? Will it matter in two or three years? There, it's so tricky. It's very tricky. Uh, on one hand, this could be an amazing opportunity for the IP holders because it will galvanize the fans and show them that they're fan friendly, and they can still say it's unofficial and they want to support it. Maybe there's other He-Man fan films. In fact, I know there are, and they could have a cool contest to help, you know, leading up to the launch of one of these other series. You know, submit your fan films and we'll show them all at Comic-Con on a big screen like Super 7 did five years ago when they did the uh, Curse of the Three Terrors using some of the original voice actors uh, and then sold those on VHS tapes. There was no problem then but now it's different so yeah. we'll see what happens and what James is able to do and who he has to talk to and what obstacles he's willing to uh, try to break down regardless of where that goes we will be including the cartoon with fun films Factoid pop-up video stuff uh, surrounding it. So if you guys remember pop-up video, oh, yeah. uh, or, or or even blind date, if you guys are imagining, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> commentary and stuff would pop up. So if you can visualize the cartoon sitting kind of center but all around it different quadrants and as things uh, happen in the cartoon you'd get different trivia facts that kind of say you know this stuff is from these episodes or in order to achieve this we had to do this or this is the only time that all these characters ever appeared in a single shot and never happened before so this is why James did it so it's kind of like a repeat viewing thing because you'll never be able to read it all at once but you would it would give more uh, credence to the process on how to create it so um, we can't just gratuitously put it up there because there is a cease and desist, but as a documentary filmmaker, uh, and given that we're talking about the story of how this short film, in my opinion, this unofficial cartoon came to be, there's there's legal ground for us to kind of explain it that way.
2: Gotcha. Sure. You.
0: Makes
1: sense. Yes. The
0: four non-blondes meme is still around I and mean, being as beloved as it is. Hopefully this has the same effect.
1: Huh? Yeah, and you know NBC Universal hits everything with a cease and desist that has that iconic imagery out there, and they make money off that non-blondes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, video that's out there on YouTube. So they're aware of stuff like that, and some stuff they let go, and some stuff they don't. The worst part is, in in my opinion, they were well aware James was doing this for years because James would show little clips at different live shows, and when James was working on the official He-Man YouTube channel for them. They had different clips that were up, mm-hmm. so where's the change of heart? And did they set a precedent that's too dangerous? And they're just trying to, you know, turn their back on it again. Back to Kickstarter. You'll find out when you watch the film. Awesome. There you go. Man, you've got me baited. I'm, I'm, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And really quick,
3: Rob, uh, you know we kind of briefly touched on your other projects. I do want to encourage the lister- listeners to go back to episode 304 when we talked to Jay about Nintendo Quest, mm. and then episode 332 where we talked to you uh, about Action Figure Adventure and some of your other uh, IPs. But uh, I do want to congratulate you because Action Figure Adventure, since we talked to you last,
1: did get picked up for uh, syndication, correct? Uh, well, it's, it's broadcast in Canada, Uh, up there at Jinx Esports TV, which is part of Super Channel. And domestically, the rights have been picked up as well. Now, I've been asked not to say which company is representing us internationally, but they know what they're doing when it comes to toy series. So it's really cool to have them as partners. Uh, Action Figure Adventure Season 1 is available right now. Uh, It's in stock at Big Bad Toy Store, which is one of the premier destinations for online collectibles. There's only like 20 copies left from everything that got sent. So if you want a copy go there now. Please get it. It's $4 free shipping anywhere in the US. It's a great deal. Uh, and you'll get all 10 episodes of that. Yeah. And thanks for plugging Nintendo Quest. And of course, Video Game Box Art was another series that came out and that was picked up uh, by Nacelle, which you guys know very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, very much so.
3: But uh, again, man, it's it's always great fun seeing what you come out with because I know the passion and the just the time and the, the quality you put into all your stuff. So super excited to see any project you have coming down the pike.
1: Oh, thanks, man. That's that's awesome. I really appreciate that. It's it's unfortunate that it takes, you know, two to three years to get these projects done because that's as often as we usually loop back on this stuff. But uh, it's it's always a pleasure sharing what we try to do on this side with folks like yourself.
2: Well, man, this has been amazing. I cannot wait to see this film. It's going to be <laughs> so freaking cool. And again, based on uh, the success of your first day on Kickstarter, it looks like uh, we're all going to get to see it. So yeah. very excited about that. And Rob, are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram?
1: Yeah, I'm on both. You can find me at Rob McZob on Twitter and the same thing on Instagram. Um, if this gets funded, we'll start a faking filmation profile on Instagram as well. You can find Rob McCallum Films on Instagram as well, or you can check out Action Figure Adventure or the two other series that I just sold on toys as well. We recently just turned our podcast into a TV show because Super Channel picked that up as well. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Very good. Jeez. how about it lots of iron <laughs> yeah. in on the fire well rob thank you so much man thank you guys so much this is awesome again i'll try to find more excuses to come back sooner and we can we can just keep talking like there isn't a time <laughs> limit or any real agenda sounds good man. <laughs> we'll make it happen
2: <laughs> all right once again that was rob mccallum uh, head over to kickstarter and type in faking filmation we'll have links on our social media posts so uh, you can just click that also and go over there and back that project because, man, doesn't that just fucking sound cool? It does. I it's, thought so. so. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I thought so. So, um, again, we'll have those uh, links in our social media and check Rob out at Rob McZob on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go
0: to com and you can get show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on our social media. Become a patron, get some merch, see some of our YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page.
2: I like your enthusiasm.
0: I was—I couldn't, I couldn't get the rhythm. I couldn't,
2: but I appreciate the effort. What?
3: What with rhythm was that exactly? <laughs> Randy knows no rhythm. Nah,
2: Randy does know no rhythm. You're gonna have to learn some if you're gonna fucking dance, buddy, in this video. Well, <laughs> you don't have to learn rhythm. You just have to keep time. If you can keep time, we'll be fine. Yeah, And if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, get on Patreon because it's gonna be big. Oh, I don't know if that's gonna be on Patreon. That's gonna be out to the masses. Disregard everything fucking. Disregard every we're talking inside information. This is a project we're discussing that's so fucking far out, it's not even worth mentioning right now. Because <laughs> we don't even know if it's gonna happen. It's so out there. But um, if it does, just know that two, three years later when you when it comes out, you'd be like, oh that's that's think what I think I remember talking this. about. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Can underscore air. And uh, once again, on our website, hit that Patreon button or go just find us at CandairPod on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to all of that shit we were talking about at the top of the episode. And hours and hours of entertainment for a few bucks a month. Come on, people. Come on. Come on. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Gordon. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. oh no don't run it'll only make things worse remember you never want to approach a stray dog especially one that's foaming at the mouth get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up and knowing is half the battle this has been a canned air production